Thank you for joining us on our podcast for Faith Center Church. We hope today's message builds you up and brings you hope right where you're at. Hope you enjoyed the message. Uh, I want to talk to you about a subject uh, a little bit different. And the title of my message is Bringing Heaven Down. You know, we, and I may be getting a little ahead of my notes here, but we, as when you become a Christian, it just, it just seems like most Christians get this thought in their mind that heaven is a destination that we're going to achieve one day and we're going to get to, to one day. But God wants us to experience heaven now on earth. When you become born again, your eternity starts now. Now is when eternity starts. Not when you pass, not when you die. Your eternity starts now. And we have, you know, people from different backgrounds and walks of life and where you grew up and where you grew up shapes the, you know, filter of your vision for life. And many of you know my family story and my personal testimony of how our family came to know Jesus. And I was born again at 12. My mom and dad born again in their mid-30s and when we accepted Christ. And, and I tell you that because from 12 years of age on, I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up with a word of faith background in our home. And we were just constantly, seems like, going to conferences and seminars. And every time the church doors opened, we were there. We were, my mom and dad, you know, I was 12. My mom, they were hungry for the word. And so I got drugged to all these things. And, but as I was growing up, I was constantly in the, in the realm of, before Word of Faith movement, I was constantly in this, uh, not re- I don't want to say religious group, but in this denomination where you had to work to get to heaven. And not only do you have to work to get to heaven, there can be times in your life where you're not going to heaven. If you're not right, there's sin in your life. And so I was just constantly, as a you know, young person, hoping I was going to make it to heaven. And they were always using this phrase in the church called the rapture. How many grew up in church? How many grew up hearing the word the rapture? It's mentioned in 1 Thessalonians, when Christ returns for his church, we'll be caught up with him and taken away. Well, did anyone besides me grow up fearing the rapture? I did. I mean, it literally freaked me out. Even though I was born again, and I love God with all my heart, I was constantly afraid that because of the domination I grew up in, I was going to miss it. And that's a terrible feeling. And many of you know what I'm talking about. I remember one day I came home from school. Mom wasn't there. Dad wasn't there. I knew he was working, but Mom wasn't there. She's always there when I come home from school. Cammie wasn't there. And I go and I look in the bedrooms, and nobody made the beds. My mom never left the house without making the beds. And I thought, oh my gosh, I missed it, Carol. <laughs> the Lord has come back, and I have, the, the thing I have feared the most has come upon me. I have missed the rapture. And I, I mean, I, I was repenting before God and, you know, crying, and God, you know, forgive me. You left me behind. I mean, missing the rapture, or thought I did. And then mom came home, and she said, oh, I just didn't want to make the beds today, you know, and it's just, 
But it's funny, as you grow up in a Christian home, when you're a kid, you, you had that, or I did, I had that fear. But as you get a little bit older, how many of you know that fear changes? And you don't really want heaven to come too soon. Because there's things you want to do as a young man, as a young lady. You're growing up. I remember when I was 15, you know, got some young, kid, young, young people here in the house, not kids, but youth in the house. And I remember when I was 15, and I was like, you know, I, I want to go to heaven, and, and God, I don't want to miss that, but I also want to drive a car. You know, if you could just wait until I'm able to experience, you know, driving a car before you come back, that would be awesome. Because how many of you know driving a car has to be right up there with the pearly gates? It has to be. So I'm like, God, please just wait. Wait until I can drive a car. And then after, you know, you drive the car, there are more things that begin to happen to you as you grow up, especially as a young man that we look forward to. You know, I, I got married when I was 23, and I was like, you know, make this wedding fast. I don't want God to return before, <laughs> you know. I want to experience that, Lord. And what I've noticed is as we get older, it turns more to, okay, I've experienced life, so please, God, I'm ready for you to come now. You know, if you could come before the 15th, that's when my mortgage is due. That would be absolutely wonderful. I would love that. Or my electric bill. You know, you, you begin to, as you get older. But some of us here may be like, I don't want heaven to come too soon. I want to experience some things on this earth. And other people here may be desperate for heaven. I remember a few weeks ago when I had COVID, I was running high temperature, and there was one point I said, God, you can take me now. I'm ready. I mean, I was at that point. But, but, but here, here's what I know. Heaven, and hear this right, heaven's not for people who are scared of hell. Heaven's for people who are in love with God. And I know, wherever Jesus is, there's heaven. And Christ lives in me. So I need to be experiencing all I can of God right now. And I believe a lot of Christ followers miss that. A lot of believers see heaven as that final destination or a place that we're just striving to get to. But there's more to heaven than just a destination. Listen, heaven has got to be a revelation revealed on the inside of you. Now, I want to say this before I go on any further. The rapture must be anticipated with faith. You know, a lot of people say, well, I'm born again, I'll go in the rapture. But the Bible says, look for it daily. That's faith. That's extending faith. And I, and I tell you, when I get up in the morning and I pray, Lord, if this is the day that you come from that east, split that eastern sky, I'm ready to go. I just want to, throw, I want to throw that in there. But here's what I've learned. God is calling us to bring heaven down. We are created beings. And because that God has instilled within us the ability to create. You create when you sing. Praise and worship. You are creating what? An atmosphere. You create when you extend yourself with your services and your gifts and your talents. God uses us to show the world the mysteries of himself. 
that we might begin to explain and tell the greatest story that has ever been told on this earth, and that's about Christ. I want you to look at Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read 9 through 13. In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Everybody say earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts and we forgive, as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It says, on earth as it is in heaven. Like I said, it's not just a place for people who are afraid of hell. It's not just a place heaven is for people who say, well, I just want to experience more life. Heaven's not just a place that you're just striving to get to. Heaven is right now. And I know that may be a little controversial, but heaven is right now because we're supposed to bring it to this earth. It's where you are. You're called to bring it down. And it's imperative that we as a church catch this as a mission, that every single place we go, wherever we walk, we are bringing heaven with us. Jesus said, pray this, that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. So let me give you three ways that we can bring heaven down to earth, and I'll be out of your way. The first way, the first thing you can do to bring heaven to earth, number one, write this down, sight, S-I-G-H-T, sight. If you're going to bring heaven down on earth, it's important we understand the word sight. I remember in fourth grade class, outside my window, in my classroom, there was a water tower. And as a you know, young person, my mind would kind of wonder. You know, instead of paying attention like I should have in class, sometimes my mind would wonder. And I'd look at that water tower outside of our class window, and I could put my thumb up and close my left eye and seeing only with my right eye, my thumb will cover that entire water tower. You have seen that on Facebook, people making pictures like that. And I think that water tower really isn't that big. But then the closer that I would get to that water tower, the bigger it became. See, the power is in the sight in which you see. Because the proper sight is where perspective starts to shift. And what I see in that is if we're going to bring heaven down to earth, we've got to get heaven's sight in line. Because the truth of the matter is, when you understand that God holds the entire world in his hands, not only does it bring comfort, but it also brings courage to face anything that comes your way. So, if you have the sight line of heaven those water towers start to look a lot smaller. And you begin to experience what I call a heavenly perspective. In other words, this circumstance that I'm facing, this trial, is not merely as big as it looks. Why? Because I'm looking at it from heaven's perspective, from heaven's sightline and not my own, not in my flesh. We've got to understand heaven's sightline. Number, look, look at Colossians 3. Colossians 3, verse 1 and 2. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. 
set your mind or set your sight on things above, not on things on the earth. I love the, let me read the message version. It's not going to be on your screen. Let me read the message version to you. It says, if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle long eyes to the ground, absorb with things right in front of you. Look up. Be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. If you want to bring heaven down to earth, then we have to catch perspective with our sight because the way you see ultimately dictates the way you think. And the way you think dictates what you speak. And what you speak dictates what you create. And what you create creates the environment in which you live. Think about this. Jesus is the only man who ever came from heaven to earth. Meaning Jesus was always thinking heaven to earth. But you and I think what? Earth to heaven. In Jesus' teachings, he was always trying to change people's perspective. And I think the perspective he was trying to get us to see was the heaven to earth perspective. He wants us to look higher. He wants us to see bigger. To see the water tower with a heavenly sight. It's not that big. You can overcome. You can get through whatever it is you're going through. We as the world should be inspiring. We as a church should be inspiring the world. And the only way we'll inspire the world is when we grasp a hold of a mentality that thinks bigger. Get outside the box. So we've got to get this side of heaven in order to get the right perspective of heaven. What happens sometimes is we get to the water tower and we say, wow, that thing is huge. And we see that water tower or that circumstance or that situation and we're stricken with fear. Instead of being big, we start to act very small. And you can always tell when a believer isn't bringing heaven down to earth. They start to act small. They start to think small. Eleanor Roosevelt said this, what we talk about is what we think about. She also said this, great minds talk about ideas, average minds talk about events, and small minds talk about people. So the challenge is, what are we talking about? Because whatever you're talking about is an indication of your perspective. And if you'll get a bigger perspective, you'll start getting God ideas in that spirit of yours. And when you get up to that water tower, you'll say, I'm not living earth to heaven. I'm living heaven down to earth. I'm connected to Jesus, and my cause is to bring heaven down to earth. Second word, number two that I want, to write, I want you to write down. It's number two, spirit. Spirit. First word sight, second word spirit. If we're going to bring heaven to earth, we've got to get the sight of heaven. But we've also get, have to get the spirit of heaven. And you may ask, well, what is the spirit of heaven? Look at Revelations 21, verse 4 and 5. This is a great detail of the spirit of heaven. Listen to this. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. 
and there shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. That is a great description of the Spirit of heaven. And, and when I read that, I understand, I discover that the Spirit of heaven is one of joy. It's one of peace. The Spirit of heaven is one of wholeness. It's one of unity. And it's important to understand if we're going to bring heaven down to earth, we have to carry that spirit of heaven with us. We have to have the joy of the Lord in what we do, in all that we do. Even when it doesn't feel like it, you have to carry that spirit of joy. How many has ever had something going through and it's hard to carry that spirit of joy? I have. I remember years ago when I was with the power team, we had a really hectic schedule all week long. I was, ex I, was ex I was exhausted after day one. And there was this lady that worked at the front desk of the hotel where we were staying at. And she had the funniest, neatest personality about her. I mean, every time we came down the lobby, she'd always crack a joke or have something encouraging to say to us. And, you guys go give those kids Jesus today and just, just always encouraging us when we come down. Her spirit, you know what it was? It was contagious. It was uplifting. It was encouraging. And after talking with her for maybe five minutes, you felt like you just conquered the world. That's just kind of kind of spirit of excellence that she had about her. And what we've got to realize, church, is as a new creation in Christ Jesus, what we do matters, but how we do it matters more. And a lot of us miss that. I have missed that several times. How do you project your life? How do you encourage others? How are you infectious to others, either good or bad? So we've got to approach everything in life with joy because if you're going to bring heaven down to earth, the spirit we present matters. It matters. Our words, our work, our presence should lead people to Christ. It should give people a glimpse of just a little bit better life than they have. Just the way you're living life, the way you're serving food, the way you're going to Walmart, hopefully not in your PJs. Our words, our work, our presence should be leading people to Christ. People's Mondays should get better because they're around you. Come on. Because why? Of the spirit of Christ that you're carrying when you're around them. Write this down. Spirit beats communication. Write that down. Spirit beats communication. It doesn't matter how good of a singer you are. You can come, I mean, you come and, and have the a, you know, a melodical tone of heaven up here. But if you don't do it with joy, it's not effective. It's not effective. It doesn't matter how beautiful our church buildings are that we build in the world. If we don't have the right spirit and motivation and coming into it, what are we doing? If our motivation and intention is not one of love, joy, and peace, then we're not bringing heaven down to earth. One thing that I want to see us strive for as a church is the right spirit and motivation in everything we do. Going to work. Coaching those kiddos. Everything that we... Sometimes we think attitude... 
when we think about attitude, we think it's just a little thing. But listen, it's not. It's a spiritual thing. And it's one of the ways we bring heaven to earth is just in our attitude. How many of you have ever had a crummy attitude before? Because you know it's contagious. It's contagious. You get around some. How many, how many of you have ever been around someone, you had a great attitude, everything's going good, and they have a crummy attitude. And before you know it, you're like, yeah. I know what you mean, yeah. They can bring you down like that. As a new creation in Christ, listen, God has placed within us the ability to create. Create the atmosphere you want. You create with your words. We create with our prayers. That's how you create. It's imperative that our motivation is aligned with God's motivation. Another thing I've learned is this. When you pour yourself out for other people, you find yourself getting refreshed and replenished in your own life. The more I give, the more I serve other people, I feel just replenished and refreshed. I had a, one, had a friend one time, he, he made a bad mistake, and he went to jail. He was a believer. He just did a big piece of stupid, and he had to go pay for it. He read his word. He spent time in prayer. But just like I said, you know, here's the thing. If you don't have the right attitude, we were talking about him going to jail. One thing he told me was, if I'm going to be there, then I'm going to make a difference while I'm there. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to minister to the other inmates, and that's exactly what he did. He saw a lot of inmates give their life to Christ. He began to have Bible studies and teach them the Word and just disciple them. And he told me that some of the greatest joy that he'd ever experienced was in that jail cell as he ministered and saw those lives, those inmates, giving, you know, giving their life to Christ and growing in Christ. What he was saying was he caught the spirit of heaven. But not only did he catch it, here's the key, he distributed it. It's one thing to have the Spirit of Heaven. Are you distributing it where you go? Because if you can catch the Spirit of Heaven in a prison cell, you can find joy wherever you're at tonight. When we create and we try and walk this thing out called life, you'll find heaven is right now. It's right now. The moment you accepted Jesus and walked in salvation, things like death and, and time no longer have a hold on you. The Bible says, death, where's your sting? Meaning this, as a believer, you'll never feel death. You know, I've talked to, I've talked to several Christian believers, and, and, you know, they're like, and, and they're fearful of death. And I say, why? Well, I'm afraid, you know, if I got hit by a car, what would it feel like? How am I going to feel? I said, you're not going to feel nothing. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I tell you, you get a, you get a revelation of that, you won't fear fear. I mean, you won't fear death. You won't fear it. So you don't have to wait on heaven because heaven's actually waiting on you. Christ has come. The veil, thank God, has been torn. He has come to live in us. That means heaven is in you right now. You and I are a glimpse of the new world. And when we serve people, we honor God. So do you have the sight of heaven? If not, get a new perspective. Do you have the spirit of heaven? and begin to walk around with a joyful attitude. Number three, and I'm out, we'll be out tonight. We'll be done. Number three, you have to get the sound. The sight, the spirit, and you have to get the sound of heaven. 
As I read through Revelation 21 this week and prepping for this message, the descriptions of heaven are amazing. One thing that stood out to me about heaven was the music. I believe music is one of the most practical ways that we can bring heaven down to earth. There is a fresh anointing on our praise and worship time. I've heard it described praise and worship as stepping into the presence of God. Scientists, psychologists, psychologists, psychologists have done studies on what melodies and harmonies do to the human brain and the physical body. And they found that music changes people's attitude. Music can heal the human body. Now, I want to read some scripture to you. Revelation chapter 4. I'm going to read 11 verses to you, so it may get a little lengthy. I'll try to go as quick as I can, but I want you to catch this. After these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne set in heaven, and one set on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper or a, and a, a sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were four, uh, 24 thrones. And on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes. And they had crowns of gold on their heads. Listen, listen to this description. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices, seven lamps of fire, were burning before the throne, which are seven spirits of God. Before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second like a calf, and the third living creature had a face like a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures each had six wings, having six wings were full of eyes. Full, were full of eyes around within and within. And they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. This is like the most crazy, radical worship service you could ever imagine. And, and if we're going to bring heaven down, there must be praise and worship within us and expressed by us. Don't wait on Wednesday and Sunday to do that. And you ought to have your praise and worship time during the day. Mine is when I'm driving down the road in my truck. And I got Sirius FM. I'm on 63, and it's praise and worship. And I mean, if you pass me, you may see some wild things. I know I got to look pretty crazy. When our teachers teach in Kids Planet, when the ushers usher in the services, when you run the sound up there, when you run Facebook Live, when you greet people at the front door, when you extend yourself to go and introduce yourself to someone that you may not know and you make others feel welcome, listen, it's not a small task. It's a form of worship. 
It's a form of worship. And collectively, we are raising up our voice and saying, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I do my part, you do your part, but all of us collectively are giving out a sound that says God is the only one who gets all the glory. I've read this verse before and thought, man, that's just pretty bizarre. Oxes and man's faces and, you know, beasts. And I'm like, come on, John, you kind of, you know, got us all a little confused here, brother. We're all, you know, pretty cool with the 65 books, and you gave us that one, and we're like, what in the world is going on right here? I remember years ago, and I hate to say this, but it was years ago when the Dallas Cowboys won the Super Bowl. Not a word. I'm a huge fan. I've always have been since I was a little kid. Still a huge fan. Take a lot of grief on that. I want you to know that. And a buddy of mine was a huge 49er fan. He'd always call me and give me a hard time because the Cowboys were terrible. They just struggle every year, kind of like they're doing right now. But then there came that one year that we won it. And I remember we had a Super Bowl party at my house. And when the final second ticked off, I picked up that phone. And I called him. And I left a message. It was all of us in the background just yelling and going crazy. I wanted my 49er friend to feel my feeling of victory. And I promise you, he did. I wonder what he felt like when he heard that message. A bunch of people just yelling and screaming, we're number one, we're the world champions. And I just hung up. He had to have heard that message and think, what the heck was that? And I kind of feel that's what John did us here in Revelations when I read that. He was in the greatest worship service and victory party ever. And everybody collectively in one accord is shouting, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And John put up the cell phone and said, Hey, earth, this is what it sounds like. This is what it looks like. What I want you to see tonight, this is our moment. This is our time. We don't have to wait to get to heaven to experience heaven on earth. Some of us are so focused on life and what's going on that we lose the very essence of heaven that's within us and who God wants us to be on the inside of us. Maybe you're here and maybe you feel like you're in a prison or you, you, know, you feel like your dreams in life is just caving in. Or you're not where you want to be and you're not who you want to be. You got this itching on the inside and you feel like you just can't and that you fail at everything you do. Listen, I'm trying to challenge you tonight. You don't have to wait for heaven. Heaven is in you. Heaven is right now. Eternity has already began or begun for the Christian. We have an opportunity and we have a chance to change things around us. Sure, I don't always get to control the situation around me, and neither do you. But I do get to choose my spirit. I do get to choose how I walk through my situation. Tonight, as we see together, as a creative community, what would it look like if we got past our small ideas? What would it look like if, you know, we got the sight of heaven 
that our Savior is seated upon, high upon. What would happen if you and I chose the spirit of heaven and we chose just to bring spirit, uh, peace, and joy? If we got the sound of heaven all unto God, I believe that we would start to experience heaven on earth like never before. And tonight, you know where it starts? You and I. The reason why this night is so powerful is because God's here. When we come together like we have tonight, we catch a glimpse of heaven. And we realize that we're not from this place. We have a home. We have a calling. And as we begin to die to flesh daily and become more like Christ, the more we'll begin to experience heaven on earth. Amen? Amen. That's what I got for you. Receive that. And begin to, begin to engage in it. Don't just receive it. Begin to engage in it. You know, I'm going to bring heaven to earth. In my workplace tomorrow, at the coffee shop, wherever it is you go, whatever it is you do, I'm bringing heaven with me. I'm going to be effective to people around me. I'm going to be infectious to people around me. Amen? And when you catch that spirit, you catch that attitude, and you begin to create that environment around you, it will change people's lives. It would change their life. Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you for this opportunity to come together. Father, I speak blessings on every family, every individual here, Lord, tonight. I thank you, Father, that we have heaven in us and that we can experience it now, the joy and the peace that one day we will bask in, we can experience now. We give you praise and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Don't forget, this Sunday, Cammie is in the pulpit. It's going to be good. You've been studying a bunch, and it's going to be good. I know it's going to be awesome. It always is. We love you. God loves you. Don't forget your kiddos over there. You are dismissed. We'll see you Sunday morning, 10 o'clock.